Ion 2020, episode 31. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton, your host of Eye on 2020. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate all of my listeners, all of those that are coming out every day to hear a little about the news and the events that are going on with regards to this 2020 election cycle. Uh, you know, if it, the, the 2020 elections are so far away, I know that, and a lot of people aren't even thinking about it right now. But as it grows closer, you're going to start thinking a little, bit of, a little bit about it even more. Uh, more people are going to be thinking about this 2020 election cycle and more people are going to be interested in knowing what's going on, right? So for you, you might as well share this with all your friends then because they might not be interested in it right now. It's so far away. That's what everyone's thinking. But as we get closer to the summer, as we get closer to some of these straw polls that are going to be happening, as we get closer to the primaries next January, everyone's going to be you know, keeping their eyes on 2020 and there's no better place for them to keep their eye on 2020 than what your show that you're listening to right now, which is called eye on 2020. That's me. I'm, I am Ray. I am your host, Ray Eaton. And uh, I'm going to be bringing you all of the news, all the things that are going to keep you up to date on this 2020 election. Now, if you're a libertarian, that's even better because I'm a libertarian too, right? Uh, but if you're not a libertarian, well, at least you can see from the libertarian standpoint, what we're thinking. If you're a Democrat, you could say, hmm, maybe I want to know a little bit about how these libertarian people are thinking because I'm going to create some crazy memes that are going to influence these libertarians in my direction. Or if you're a Republican, you're going to think, hey, maybe I'll know how these libertarians are thinking because, you know, I got to sway them to vote for Donald Trump. And then you'll have a good take on what it is like to be a libertarian when you're looking at these candidates, because that's what I am. I'm a libertarian. Here I am. And uh, so go ahead and share. The first thing I can say is subscribe to the podcast. Every day you're going to hear me talking. Uh, sometimes I give good shows. Sometimes I give okay shows. I never give bad shows, I don't think. But you know what? If you want to tell me if I'm giving a bad show or not, follow me on Twitter. I on the Empire. That's at I on the Empire. You can tell me all the things you like about the show. You can tell me all the bad things you don't like about the show. Maybe at that point, I'll be able to sway you into a five-star review of my podcast because that's what I'm hoping for. More five-star reviews make me show up more in search engines and so forth. So I'd appreciate that as well. But here you are. You're listening to the show. Here I am. I'm going to be giving you all of the great information in the news. So go ahead and subscribe. Share it with your friends. Uh, give me a five-star rating, give me a, give me a review, and then we can go ahead and, uh, and move forward on this, on this podcast, right? So we got the 2020 elections are coming up. 
more and more candidates on the Democratic side. They're calling it an increasingly crowded field. That's what the news is referring to it as, right? So I bet if you watch one of those shows where it shows all the newscasters in a row and they're all getting the same information and you went, NBC, they're saying, in an increasingly crowded field. And then in CBS, in an increasingly crowded field. And then the next one, in an increasing... So that's what they're all saying. An increasingly crowded field of Democratic candidates. We had another person join today. So now we have Elizabeth Warren, we have Kirsten Gillibrand, we have um, Tulsi Gabbard, we have... I think there's five or six females right now that are running as Democrats. You have a couple guys that are running as Democrats. Um, and... They're all starting to get in. They're all starting to want, they're foaming at the mouth to go after Donald Trump on every issue, right? No matter if it's a good thing that he's, you know, he's, that he's doing or a bad thing that he's doing. Obviously, on the bad things, they want to challenge him on that. Even on the good things, if he's anti-war, if he's trying to get out of Syria, if he's trying to get out of Afghanistan, they're for staying there, apparently. Except for a few. There's a few that have, um, that have said, I don't know if they're willing to say, yeah, that's a good thing that he's doing. But at least they are speaking out against it as well. So there's a few candidates out there that are doing that. So that's good, right? But these people are there just foaming at the mouth. They want to they wanna get their hands on Donald Trump. They want to be the one that debates him on that stage. They want to be the one that gets to take his abuse when, he, when they start doing these debates for the, in 2020. I guess they'll just do that after all the midterms are over, after they've already decided who's going to be the candidate for the Democrats and the Republicans. Then they're going to say, you know, let's set up a couple of debates between you and Donald Trump. Will Donald Trump even show up for these debates? I don't know. I'm sure he will. Um, he loves getting his hands on these people. And it was a great showman, you know, a great thing to show, show off back in you know 2016 when he was going against Hillary. He coined the term lying Hillary at that point. What's he going to coin the terms for all these other people? Pocahontas, you know, Elizabeth Warren. What's he going to say about her? I don't know. It'll be exciting to watch, though. You guys know it will be. If you're a Democrat, a Republican, a Libertarian, an Independent, Green Party, whatever you are, it's at least going to be good sh a good show. And that's what I'm here to do is bring you my show to show you or to you know, tell you guys about the show that's going on with regards to this 2020 election. <clears throat> so let me go ahead and jump into the first piece of news that I came across, and that is that a 58-year-old senator from, what is it, Missouri, or, yeah, Minneapolis, Missouri, she is going to be running for, for or seriously, she's from Minnesota, Democrat Senator Amy Klobucker, is expected to announce she's running for president, or she has, or she has announced that she's running for president. So Amy Klobuchar from uh, from Minnesota, she's a Democrat, and she is running for president. She was the she would be the fifth Democratic senator to launch uh, a White House bid, and others are still contemplating joining the field. But right now, there has been eleven candidates have joined the field. And she is officially one of them. She's 58 years old. She was elected to the Senate in 2006. And uh, she's the first female senator from Minnesota and has been reelected easily since then twice. In 2018, she was actually reelected as well. And uh, <clears throat> back, she was riding on the coattails of her grilling of Brett Kavanaugh uh, during, the sexu during his sexual assault 
uh, when they were grilling him about that, and she pressed Kevin on whether uh, he had ever been drinking so much that he blacked out. She's the one that asked him that question, and Kavanaugh, you know, later apologized for, I guess, for all of his drinking. I don't know, but anyway, she's the one that it, everyone knows. If you've watched the news during that time, she was one of the ones that was asking him, "Have you ever drank so much that you blacked out, sir?" And uh, he, I guess, he answered in his. I can't remember what he said, you know, but he was like, I really like to drink beer. I really do. That's fine. Um, can't fault me for that, right? But anyway, during the sexual assault case on with Kavanaugh, they're grilling him on that. That's where she made her, um, that's the most recent time that you might have heard of her. And that she's not as popular as all these other candidates as well. She's, you know, she's no Bernie Sanders. She's no Hillary Clinton. Uh, Camp... Kamala Harris, I guess she's, Kamala Harris is the darling of the Democrats right now is what I've heard. She's that lady that's from out in California. Um, and they've been, you know, she's supposed to be like the one that's everyone loves, but Klobacher is, you know, she isn't a progressive, so she's going to be going towards this race from the center. And that's what they've been saying about her is that she's not a progressive. Like a lot of her competitors are, she hasn't supported the Medicare for all plan which a lot of her competitors have as well, but she says it should be considered. So, I mean, obviously she's a statist then in that sense. She's because she believes that, you know, maybe it should be considered. So she's trying to go at it, like I said, from the middle ground. Um, she hasn't called for the far-left ideas such as abolishing immigration and customs enforcement. And altogether, all uh, she says that they should be looked at but not abolished. And a lot of these left-wing people are saying that it should be abolished. Um, Klobuchar is seen as more of a pragmatist in Capitol Hill with her vote rankings typically putting her somewhat in the middle of the Democratic caucus compared to many of her colleagues. Klobuchar hasn't sought the media spotlight that much until recently, which obviously she's trying to fly on the radar in 2006. Until now, you've probably never heard of her until recently when she was, you know, grilling this Kavanaugh guy during this, during that Senate hearings. So, um... Anyway, she says, I will say that I have made very clear that I am looking into this. That's what she was saying previous to deciding that she was going to run. And now she did make it official on Sunday that she was going to run for the presidency against Donald Trump. She's going to be one of the 11 candidates that have announced so far. And there she is. But yeah, there's not a lot about her. There's not a lot about her voting records or anything uh, that I've found. I'm sure I could look a lot deeper into it than I have, but um, I don't know too much about her, and I don't think she's going to be most one of the most popular candidates out there. Um, somebody that is going to be getting the grassroots riled up, she's not that person. Um, definitely not that person if she's running from the middle. And usually what she's looking to do, apparently, is become the... Uh, established the, the Democratic establishment candidate, right? And when I say de- Democrat establishment can- candidate, that's the person that is kind of middle of the road, that's electable. I've talked about that in the past, right? She, they're looking for an electable candidate, and that's something that a lot of Democrats, they're really focused on finding an electable candidate. So if they're, if the Democrat, the people that are voting in the primary, if their idea of an electable candidate is someone that's kind of middle of the middle of the road, not a pot stirrer, somebody that you know is prag- pragmatic, can get the job done, things like that, then that's what she's gonna be running on. 
But if the Democratic primary voter thinks that the person that they you know that that can get elected the electable candidate is somebody that's more far left somebody that's promising lots of handouts someone that is promising you know the ideas type candidate then she definitely won't be that person uh what her goal is going to be is going to be just to get the democratic establishment on her side and i think that that is the that's the way that she's going to be going to bat in this presidential election now when she announced there was a blizzard going on in Minnesota, right? Um, they show all of her fans out there. It says Amy for America. Um, and then they support her and cheered on her. But there was a blizzard going on. And she got a lot of people out there. And supposedly it was really, really bad weather up up in the north, you know, the, the central north of the United States. And there she was holding her first campaign rally, I guess. And... Uh, so anyway, that that's a little bit about her. Donald Trump spoke up. He says, "Well, it happened again. Amy Klobuchar announced that she is running for president, talking proudly of fighting global warming while standing in a virtual blizzard of snow, ice and freezing temperatures. Bad timing. By the end of her speech, she looked like a snowman or woman." exclamation point and that's what donald trump spoke up you know that that guy is going to get on every single one of these people every time they try to um announce their candidacy anytime there's any news headlines that's made donald trump is gonna you know he's gonna speak his mind as well and it's just funny it'll be funny to see the way that donald trump donald trump approaches all these people um he's already kind of making fun of her but she's not like I don't know if global warming was her biggest issue. I think that her biggest thing that she's talking about is being someone that can get the job done. You know, she talks about heartland economics, you know, to a rural residents and farmers, uh, arguing Democrats cannot afford to forget about the middle of the country. Like she's trying to be the person that's going to unite the whole country from the east to the west and all that stuff, you know. Um but I mean, she's gotten reelected in Minnesota, which is a, you know, which is a state that I think it typically goes Democrat from my understanding, uh, even though it's in the Midwest. It's one of those states that seems to vote Democrat quite a bit. But I think Donald Trump had a pretty big um, showing in that state as well back in 2016. But she did end up winning in 2018 um, back her Senate seat. So that's her. That is um Amy Klobucker, I guess I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. And, uh, one ironic thing is I guess her, I guess Donald Trump's wife is from, she's from the same country that Donald Trump's wife is from, which is like Slovenia, I think. So, uh, and that she's not from there, from there, but like, that's where her ancestry is from, I guess. Uh, someone was kind of joking about that on Facebook that I saw, but that is her, Amy Klobucker. And, uh, she is running as a candidate for the democratic ticket. Okay, here is one of my favorite parts to do, and that is my ballotpedia.org. Uh, this is the site that I go to, and it tells who's running for president for 2020. And uh, back when I first started doing this, it was right around 440, 450 people had decided that they're going to run against Donald Trump. Uh, the, the, most, the longest running was back in like 1998. Uh, yeah, 1998, Ernest Lee Easton, a professor, 
uh, decided that he was going to run. And I think I determined that he must have made a mistake because he was running for like the year 2000. And maybe he put 2020 by mistake when he submitted his paperwork. And then there's someone else that was running since 2007 and a few people from 2012 and 13 and a bunch from 2015. And that's before Donald Trump even got, you know, got elected. Before, I mean, even before Trump got elected back in 2016, there were people that were announcing this was in June and July. But then once Trump got elected, um, November of 2016 saw tons and tons of people just start announcing that they're going to run for president, right? Donald Trump in 2016 had just gotten elected in, you know, that end of the year and up until January. People are just announcing constantly, Democrats, independents, Republicans, the whole nine yards. They were all announcing that they were going to run against Donald Trump. Um, so then, as you get a little further down the road, though, it, now you have 523 candidates who have filed to run against Donald Trump. As of uh, This is as of February 11th, 2019. And... Uh, that was the last time. So the most recent person, Mark Douglas Spivey, has decided to run as a libertarian. And I've never heard of him, but I'm going to go out and look him up because uh, that's something that t to me is interesting to know since he's the most recent libertarian to announce. The most recent libertarian before that was a couple back in, uh, uh, what is it, the 30th of January? Yeah, so about a week or week and a half ago. Dan Taxation is theft berman whoa that's an awesome name dan taxation is theft berman is running on the libertarian ticket they could just put whatever they want to i guess that's absolutely hilarious so i'm going to look up this uh mark douglas spivey and see what he has to say and if you look him up on google i typed and i just typed in his name and there's really nothing on this guy so i'm going to type in mark douglas spivey and then libertarian and see what that has on there as well. Because if if anything, at least you'd find something, right? And I really don't see anything about him uh, on here either. So he obviously he's a libertarian. Why would you announce yourself as a libertarian candidate, or at least submit the information and not be a you know a real libertarian um, to run against Donald Trump, right? So, but at least another libertarian's in the race, and that's good. Now I think. Maybe it's May or June every of 2020. There's going to be the Libertarian, uh, what is it, where they all get together, the convention, and that's going to be where they're going to nominate whoever's going to be that's going to be running on as Libertarian candidate. And supposedly William Weld has dropped out. He's no longer a Democrat, or he's no longer Libertarian. I think he switches party affiliation over to Republican with a speculation that people are saying that he might. Uh, decide to run against Donald Trump as a Republican, who knows? But there, there, I haven't heard any really popular names out there of who's going to be running for the Libertarian ticket. But if this Dan Taxation is stuffed Bearman, who decided that he was going to run on uh, January thirtieth, if he becomes the party nominee that would just be hilarious taxation is stuff because i don't know if any of you guys know this if you're a libertarian you might have heard this before but a lot of a lot of libertarians say they always use the word taxation is theft and that's because 
And then that's because that, that's in retaliation against people that say, oh, well, taxes are um, are voluntary and that you pay your taxes voluntarily and so forth. When in reality, the government is telling you that you have to pay a certain amount. And if you don't, they will come to your house with guns, just like a thief would, and take that money from you. Right. So the idea that they always say is this taxation is stuff. If a, I think it was uh, Dan Brown, not Dan Brown. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Anyway, he was uh, there was one particular libertarian thinker that used this analogy right here. He said, if you were if you were sitting at your house one night and a rob and somebody came and broke into your house and stole all your stuff while you were sleeping and then you woke up you would think to yourself, hey, a thief just came to my house, right? And stole all my stuff. So you'd probably call the cops. So what if that thief came to your door and knocked on your door and put a gun to your head and said, give me all your stuff? No matter what, that's still theft, right? And then the analogy goes further and he says, well, what if that thief came to your house, right? And he says, he says, well... There's two, or he, that thief comes with one other person, and he says, "All right, let's take a vote. Are we going to take your stuff or not? We'll just do a vote on it." And uh, the two thieves vote yes, and you vote no, obviously, right? Um, is that considered theft? Absolutely, because they're still taking your stuff, right? Well, what if that thief comes with a hundred people, and they say, "Hey, let's take a vote and see." and see uh, if we should take your stuff or not. And all 99 or all 100 of those people say, yes, we'll take your stuff, and you still say no. The majority rules, right? So they're going to take your stuff. And the idea is no matter how many, at what point, at how many people will that person need to come to your house with and vote to take your stuff before it's not theft anymore? How many? Would it be a million? Would you need a million people to come and stand behind that thief, right? And if all million people said yes and you said no, is it still theft at that point? How about a billion? What about the entire world said that it's okay for that thief to take your stuff? Is it now democracy or is it theft? It's still theft, and that's the analogy, right? So when a, when a libertarian says... Taxation is theft, that's what they mean. That it's not voluntary, it's the equivalent of theft when 300 million people are just in on the theft, right? By being complacent to our government taking their stuff. By being okay with that. By the tax enforcer being willing to come to your house with a gun and take you away and put you in a cage if you're not willing to submit to that theft it's still theft. And that's what libertarians say when they say taxation is theft. Now, obviously me, I'm Ray and I live in the real world. I have a family to feed. I'm not going to say no to that thief. I'm going to give that thief everything I got if I have to because I need or not everything I got, sorry, but enough to they they will take just enough from you that you will not stir the pot too much, right? And that's what the government's always going to do. So, and that they're taking just enough from me where I'm willing to submit to it, but it's still theft. If I said no, I'm going to be locked in a cage, and if I resisted being put in that cage, I would be shot. So, it's theft no matter how you put it. Um, but yeah, this taxation is theft guy, 
That's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Dan Taxationist Theft Berman is a libertarian candidate. Now, there's also, golly, there's um, there's one guy that's no party affiliation, or one lady that was no party affiliation, but the vast majority of these people that are running against Donald Trump now are going to be Democrats. We got one, two, three, four, yeah, probably like five or ten, or at least ten this week that decided that they were going to run. So far, you got one or two independents. Um, I got a people over politics candidate, Elvis Master Butler. I got a write-in. I got independent party. There's no other unusual parties out there, though, except for you got lots of Democrats. You got lots of independents since the last time I talked about this. And then the only one that I see that's unusual is people over politics. I don't even know if that's a party. But, man, taxation is theft. Wow, that is just great that he wrote that in on the application when he filled it out to run against Donald Trump. That's hilarious, and that's how I'm going to leave it, in a hilarious situation. Oh, I have James, no middle name, Athens Jr., running as a Democrat. That's weird. Maybe he just has no middle name, so when it said on the application, no, <laughs> what's your middle name, he wrote in no middle name. Maybe not the brightest guy in the world, but hey, politicians usually aren't that bright, are they? So... Anyway, hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today on Ion 2020. This is Ray Eaton. I am your host. I appreciate all of my listeners. I appreciate all of you that come back. Please come back tomorrow and listen some more. If you want to, go back and listen to some of the archived uh, shows as well, the ones that previous to this. Obviously, we are in episode 31 right now, so I got 30 more episodes for you to listen to. I talk about the candidates. Most of that information is not time-bound, so it's going to be good tomorrow. It's going to be good uh, next year about those candidates as well, hopefully. And uh, go ahead and listen to those shows. Go ahead and subscribe to the show as well so you get tomorrow's episode put right into your podcatcher. And uh, share it with your friends. Let them know about it. They're going to be interested in knowing what's going on in 2020. This is their place they could find that information. And... Uh, this is the place where you're going to get a clear vision for 2020. That's why I call it Ion 2020, your place for clear sight when it comes to this 2020 election. You have a great day, and uh, come back tomorrow.